you know, like you said, you're going in one day a week, um, you know, training. I remember doing that for the longest I did two days a week, you know, maybe three. And I thought if I, I mean, like if I did three, that was a lot for me, but I did one or two. And sometimes I'd miss a couple weeks, you know, and I was like, <laughs> why am I not learning anything? <laughs> like oh, yeah. it's not fucking sinking in. And of course, jujitsu just takes a really long time to learn anyways. There's so much to it and it's like a different language and, and um, it, it's just, it's so technical and intricate. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? This is Dante with another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. And welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being here. This week, my guest is someone who I've felt like I've had to pester to be a guest on the show <laughs> for the longest time. And she was just like, no, like she was politely declining. And then one day I just kind of jokingly said, hey, you know, if you if you're a guest ever on my show one day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, OK. And I was like, holy shit. She said it. She, she's going to do it. So my guest for this episode is um, a good friend. Her name is Christina and she trains out of Northside Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai. And we're just going to have a friendly discussion about Jiu-Jitsu. Basically her Jiu-Jitsu background and you know, you know how we talk here on this podcast. Just we're probably going to end up talking about comic books at some point because I have a very, very weird attention span, but that's how we rock and roll. So uh, welcome to the show, Christina. How are you? Hey, I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, getting over a little bit of a cold from the weekend. Yeah. So, so my voice might sound a little, a little bizarre, but nothing to be too concerned with. I'm okay. It's not COVID for sure. <laughs> Well, I can't get COVID from you from here, so we're good. It's okay. I, I, I don't know. We don't know things. We don't know things about things. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we don't know. It could like, be that 5G COVID. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking right now. Next thing you know, tomorrow you're like, mm, I don't feel good. Like, <laughs> God damn it, Dante. My um, voice is raspy um, right now from a, the fight last night, so we're good. We were talking about this, that we hate the sounds of our voices, so... Mine's extra weird right now. So doing podcasting with Nerd Rage, Why So Nerdy, all these other podcasts that I've worked with and, and you know, been a guest on, I always hate hearing my voice. Mm-hmm. Then when I started Off The Mats, I did an episode zero, as I called it, which was a 20-minute piece of me just explaining what I wanted to do. And I listened. I didn't like my voice any more or any better, but it was like all right, I can tolerate it because I'm going to have to. And now I don't even acknowledge my voice. I I just, it's like, it's there. So anyone who ever comes on, they're like, oh, I hate my voice. I'm like, hey, just do it this way. If I say, hey, so we got to end early. Yeah, you should probably hate your voice because I'm probably not liking it either. But <laughs> but I told you happened. I love your voice. I love like when you do the instructionals. I love the way you teach. I love your tone and your tempo. I I love your voice. If there were video for this, I would be blushing. Um, <laughs> thank you. I 
I don't know. I'm just always my buddy. We recorded our other show, Colompton Social Club. Check that out, y'all. Uh, new episode tomorrow. But we recorded last night, and after we got done, my buddy was like, "Dude, I hate my voice is nasally, but you got a phone sex voice." I was like, "Dude, don't yes. ever, don't ever, as another man, tell me that I have a phone sex voice." <laughs> um, got really, really awkward. Then <laughs> he had on sunglasses because uh, he got a black eye from playing volleyball. So it was like, no, it was like, I don't want to make eye contact with you. This is fucking weird. Cause I, I don't know what you're thinking about now. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, with the fights last night, I saw you, uh, you were posting, uh, pictures and videos to your, to your stories and went live. So yes. that was, was my that- first live story. I, I learned how to do that last night and I was so excited, but yeah, I was really, so I saw the alert come up saying that you had gone live and I was like, what? Like, okay. Like I clicked on it and I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's intentional. Cause sometimes people go live on accident. I, I've done it <gasps> plenty of times. Oh my like, gosh. Like <laughs> I, I, I've never seen anything <laughs> that, that, I've that seen. happened to me in the worst possible moment, like on the toilet or singing in the shower. I don't know. Like I can imagine myself doing something like that. I've gone live just, you know, like mess with the camera, trying to figure out, oh, does this thing work? And then it's going live. But I think you have to like push the button a couple times to confirm that you want to go live. I think mm-hmm. uh, I I think I've only gone live intentionally once at um the DC Open when IBJJF came out here to Maryland. It's funny. It's the DC Open, but it was in Maryland. Fucking weirdos. But um. <laughs> That's the only time I've intentionally gone live because I was like, oh, BJJ Wiki was still new. And I was like, maybe I should do this. This is what people, you know, they'll like this. And I guess <laughs> it was it was weird. Like I got a bunch of people looked and I didn't even have good footage. It was just me walking around being nervous and weird. But, yeah, I saw you went live and I was like, I was like, um, I don't know if that's intentional, but let me go ahead and check it out because you had never gone live before. So, mm-hmm. Most people that I see go live are people that are being, uh, you know, they're they're promoting like a a show or a podcast or sometimes when people just working out and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I'm fucking watch you work out. That blows my mind. What people think? I don't know. Maybe some people are interested in that. I guess it depends on who's working out. You know, because yeah, well, yeah. Like, I'm not watching dudes work out, but uh, there, there's some like there's some people I follow if they're working. I'm like, oh. Last night, um, interestingly enough, I um, so I went to the fight, and some people were actually trying to get it on pay per view, but they were having problems ordering the fight um, with payment processing and stuff. So. Um, everyone was like, stream it, stream it, go live. And I'm like, I don't know how, (laughs) like, I have no idea even what that is. And um, so someone coached me through it, another teammate. And um, I managed to figure it out and go live. And um, it was a lot of fun. I was pretending to like be a broad uh, broadcaster or whatever. And, and, um, but it was hard because I was so excited. Like I was just 
I was, I don't know, there's something about watching a teammate compete that is almost like the adrenaline rush that you get from competing yourself. Like it's so fucking intense. And I had to apologize at least once for the shoddy footage because I was just shaking. I had a hard time holding the camera because I was so excited and it was so hard um, to watch on the screen and not look away from the screen at the cage so that I could see but I would find myself tilting the camera. So it was, it was, it was a total act of love for the rest of my team to take that, um, that, that live stream for them. But I was so glad that I was able to, um, it was a really special fight and it was father's day, which is the weirdest day to have a fight. Um, so a lot of people couldn't make it. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I love that. It's so much more fun though, that adrenaline rush when it's, not your own, you know, like fighting yeah. for your life, I think. I don't know. There's there's definitely some sick enjoyment to that, but um, it's much more fun if, if it's a teammate for sure. Well, I always get nervous when my teammates are, whether yeah. it's in a cage or at a tournament or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's I, I get nervous as if it's me going up there and – I don't know, but I enjoyed, I'm always just always in favor of supporting the team and just wanting to be there. Yeah. And it could, because that means a lot. Yeah, and, it does so much. You know, so, you know, I'm glad you were able to make it to that. And it, it looks like um, your teammate won. Yes. So yes. that, you know, Around, that's good too. Uh, face down rear naked joke, which was legit. Uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, you get stuck in that. Yeah, just it ain't no yeah. coming back. <laughs> it was so good. So, with you training jujitsu, when it like when did that all come about for you, and why did you get into jujitsu? So, I'll start from the beginning. Um, I actually used to love. Um, I used to love okay. MMA like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, they didn't have very many fights, maybe once a month. And they were only UFC. They were only pay-per-view. And so I went to every single one. We would always go to Hooters or uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, one time we went to this little bar called Rusty's. And this um, gym was there. It was called Undisputed. And they were doing a giveaway. Um, or a, like a raffle, you know, you put your name in, you, you, whatever, and then they draw somebody for a free one month membership. And so <laughs> I put my name in and, you know, it was, it was the general manager and this really cute girl. And um, I ended up winning the one month membership. So I go and I've always been into martial arts and, and just always a tomboy, just grew up playing with the boys and still playing with the boys. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, so I went in for striking though. I didn't even go in for jujitsu. So I went in and I started boxing and I started kickboxing and Josh Hinger was actually, he worked there. He taught kickboxing and also jujitsu. And so like, I don't know, we just built this great relationship from kickboxing, really, from striking. And 
his girlfriend at the time also worked there and she did jujitsu and striking and I just loved her. But um, so Josh and I did some PTs, uh, kickboxing. And so about six months in, he finally talked me into doing jujitsu. And um, I did, I think three privates with him. And I just had so much fun. He is like, oh God, he's just one of the most fun people to learn from. You always see this like really intense, crazy competitor, but he's, he's hilarious. And he just made jujitsu so fun. Um, I was so embarrassed. I look back at those PTs and I remember I didn't even know how to close my guard. Um, like so <laughs> my legs are like wide open and I'm just like, I, I have no idea what to do. And he's, he, he was just, I think if it were anyone else that I didn't know, I never would have come back to jujitsu. I mean, it was, it's just so embarrassing looking back, um, like thinking back to those beginning moments, but, um, yeah. And then his girlfriend, other than him, his girlfriend was the first person that I ever rolled with, um, before even a class. And she was probably, oh my gosh, like a hundred pounds. She was tiny and she fucked me up, like fucked me up for five minutes straight. And um, I just, it just made me love it even more. And all I knew, remember, remind you is that like, all I knew about jujitsu was from MMA. That's it. So at one point she had triangled me and I picked her up off the ground and I was gonna slam, I was wow. gonna slam her and they both are like, no. And both her and Josh at the same time. And, and then she's like, no slamming in jujitsu. There's no slamming. And I was like, oh my God. So I set her down nicely. And then she proceeded to fuck me up, you know, more. But um, yeah, I couldn't even, and I was in really good shape, really good shape. But um, we did three rounds and I could not even walk the next day. I was so sore. It is like a completely, it was a completely new level of, of training for me. Um, but then I still wasn't ready to go into class. I mean, it took this long. So I, he finally talked me into sitting on the edge of the mat for a class. Um, so we had this bag, you know, it was long, um, just a, a long body bag. And, and I sat on the edge and I, I sat and I, I just watched the class and finally they called me the whole class like called me onto the mat to come in and take the class. And um, so I crawled out there and I, and I took it, I finally took it. And I, I just, I, I started ditching striking so that I could come to jujitsu. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. And then uh, I was just in love, like absolutely in love. Well. Jiu-jitsu is better anyway, so you made the right choice. <laughs> uh, I'm biased, but whatever. Yeah. But that's yep. cool. Really cool. Um, it It's intimidating when, when you look at it from the outside, just when anyone's trying to convince you or, you know, when I'm trying to convince anyone to get into jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I try to explain it to people and, and they're so like. hard. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't know how to explain it to people in a way that's comforting. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, I don't know. Like, like we get on the mat. I mean, you know, I could break someone's arm. 
I could probably shed, you know, shred somebody's knee, maybe choke them. And they're like, this, you're not making it sound fun. Well, but it is, it's lots of fun. Like it doesn't yeah. sound it. So, but I'm glad that, you know, you were able to, the path that you took, you know, get in there, you know, it, it, it was at a pace that worked for you. And, you know, here you are right. now. And and you got promoted to uh, Blue Belt. It's yeah. I, I want to get you on here like right after you got promoted. I know. Um, oh my god. Well, it's still close enough. So congrats. And for the record, I was not just dodging you. I was so nervous. And um, but yeah, finally one day you asked me, and I was feeling brave that day, and I was like, "All right, let's do it." But yeah, it's taken and- us a while. Well, and I, I know when I initially asked you, you're kind of like, nah, I, you know, I don't, I mean, you mentioned you were nervous. You're like, I don't feel comfortable. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. But you did say maybe another time. Yeah. So, like I tried, I kept my mind open yeah. for sure. So I I'll appreciate say that. never. That's definite. Yes. Um. So yeah, you know, I'm glad that eventually, you know, you're like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, thanks, you know, thanks for that because yeah, it, it's so happy. like I do this, like I always tell people, I like to talk to people and it's exhausting sometimes um, dealing with people, but I do love hearing stories. I love to hear, you know, why you got into jujitsu. Um, you know, I love hearing your first experiences, you know, in jujitsu you know, I, I just love hearing all this stuff and also, you know, just comparing it with my own experiences, which it seems like a lot of times it's very similar to my own path. So I'm like, OK, I think we all kind of, you know, go down the same, you know, same route. So we're all family. How long ago did you start doing your uh, journey? How long did you? Um, I think 2016, I believe. Mm. Um. I just started, I was at a job I didn't like very much. No, actually, I love the job. I just couldn't manage with the staff. Um, there was a lot of static. And a buddy called me and was like, hey, um, I got this job. You should uh, come check it out. And I was like, dude, I can't just go to another job. I got. I have a job right now. And my wife was like, why don't you call out? go see about this other job. And if you like it, then stay with it. I was like, that's kind of fucked up, but okay. Um, so I did that and it was kind of like everything just changed over at that time in my life. Like I, I'd start this new job. So as soon as I start the new job later that week, um, I tried jujitsu. I might've done a trial with a friend two years prior, but I wasn't really crazy about that gym. Uh, that makes like all the difference it it, 100% no matter what happens um like I don't know you're gonna either walk in and feel the chemistry it's like Mm -hmm. anything else it's like any other relationship you're gonna walk in that gym and I feel like within minutes you're gonna know if that's the gym for you or not and because there's just that that electricity, I feel like that comes from 
a really special place. And and there's, you know, everyone needs something different. But, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so important. Um, yeah, that first gym I went into, it, I don't think it's a bad gym. I just don't think that that was the gym for me. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, not, not hanging out there a couple years later when I went through this changeover with jobs and just, you know, newly married and just life was in a different place. I decided to give it one more shot and um, ended up at what was then called Ivy League MMA. And just from that point, really started to embrace it and just I wanted to learn. I needed to I needed to learn. So, you know, and I could only go once a week because my work schedule, I work 1230 p.m. until 9 p.m. So I could only go in on Saturday mornings for class. And at that time, I wasn't really gaining a lot, but I was I was really athletic. And, you know, I'm coming off of, you know, playing football and basketball. I'm lifting weights all the time and running all the time. So I was in shape. But jiu-jitsu shape is a different kind of shape. Yeah, it's and, so different. Yeah, yeah, they beat the shit out of me. Like, I remember I tried to, like, tackle someone. Like, like it was football, and he made me pet. You know, he beat the shit out of me, basically. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to do that again. But, you know... It clearly wasn't that bad because I came back and I yeah. enjoyed it. And that entire group, you know, it's family. You know, how how much do you train now? Like now that you guys are back from COVID and everything. So now that we're back from COVID, I am going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I work one on one with a friend on Sundays. So. Uh, but then I looked at since our ownership has changed, we're now part of a um, a group of schools. Uh, and there's another; they have another one. I'm like in between um, two schools, so I'm 15. So that's minutes. like five or so six days, six mm-hmm. days a week. Uh, f- awesome. Five, five, five days. Um, looking at their schedule for the other gym, they have a Monday evening class, so I might start going to that. And just go six six days. Um, it it depends. Right now, like my family life, they're like, "Hey, you need to taper back." I know you're you're happy to be back, but <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like we're okay. here. Remember. Uh-huh. Um. So right now, I I'm actually gonna kind of pull back and just do a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the next month or so. My knee has been really bothering me. And uh, just my daughter, she's been like, if she sees me grab my gym bag in the morning before work, she goes, you're going to jujitsu? Like, yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh, like, again? That's tough. That's like, you know, it's hard to juggle a family and stuff. And it's really hard to find that magic number of, you know, training days that will balance with your life and with your goals. You know, like you said, you're going in one day a week, um, you know, training. I remember doing that for the longest I did two days a week, you know, maybe three. And I thought if I, I mean, like if I did three, that was a lot for me, but I did one or two. And sometimes I'd miss a couple weeks, you know, and I was like, (laughs) 
<laughs> why am I not learning anything? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's not fucking sinking in. And of course, jujitsu just takes a really long time to learn anyways. There's so much to it. And it's like a different language. And, and um, it, it's just, it's so technical and intricate. Um, but so the best thing for me, I don't know, I didn't really, I didn't realize how important the amount of days I trained a week was, you know, um, because as soon as I signed up for competition, I was going, I was training six to seven days a week. And my, in one month, my jujitsu grew more than it did in two years, you know, or like a year or whatever of, of training two days a week because of that repetition. Sometimes I was doing two, two classes a day. Um, and I loved it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. My professor was, he did a 10 AM and a 6 PM and he would do basically the same, almost teach the same class. So I knew I could get it that same class twice a day. Plus he would build off of it in the evening class. And I just, it finally clicked. It all started making sense. Um, and, but it, it's hard, you know, I, I kept like, I, that right, right there, that clickage like, <laughs> is so addictive and it makes it really hard not to just want more and more and more and be afraid to, you know, to lose that, but you have to juggle your family, you know, and, and job and, and stuff like that. It's, it, it is, man, it's hard, but there's some days at work on because I work Saturdays. There's a Saturday morning class. There's some Saturdays if um, I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to go in and train. I'll say to my um, co-worker, I'm like, hey, I'm going to head over and train for a couple hours. Is that OK? Like, yeah. And the way that I kind of play it off is like, all right, when I come back, you know, I'll bring back lunch. And, you know, if you want to check out <laughs> early for the day or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing everything in my power. Like, even though she's going to say yes, regardless, but I, I still feel guilty. But at this point, you know, even talking with my wife about, it, she was like, you know, even if you do, let's say you could do three days, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then every so often hop in on a Friday for no gi or stop in on a Monday um, for the advanced class. Cause we also have um, our, cause right now, I'm doing our uh, fundamentals class, fundamentals class for um, each of those days. I can't stay for the mastery class because it starts at eight. My wife works at night, so I have to be home so she can get to work. Uh, she has to leave by eight thirty. So I used to bring my daughter, and and you know we stay late, but you know that routine started getting exhausting because we yeah, get out sorry. at nine. Yeah, like we get out at nine thirty. You know, and, you know, you stick around for about 10, 15 minutes, just bullshitting. You know, then there's a 15 minute car ride home. You know, then we still got to do the routine, get home, you know, do a story, go potty, brush teeth, do, a, you know, you know, mm -hmm. uh, quiet songs and then, you know, sing a lullaby. And, you know, by the time that hits, it's 11, 15. And, you know, she and my daughter will wake up at seven on a dot. No matter what time she goes to sleep, she's waking up at seven, ready to rock and roll. So, uh, you know, I might try to every so often get to the night class, but it, it, at this point, I'm just sticking with the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, in the, in the Wednesday class is morning. Uh, it, it's, that's 1130 AM. So, cause I'm off on Wednesdays, but 
you know, it for me, yeah, that the importance of having your training be consistent. Mm-hmm. Where, like, when I go in on Tuesday, we're doing no gi. But what we do in no gi translates then to that Wednesday morning class in the gi. And then when I come back Thursday evening to train gi again, it's those three classes all kind of interconnect. So having that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I love that style of curriculum and teaching. That's it. It's nice. Um, I don't know. Our nogi, our nogi is really good, but it's run by someone completely different. But um, yeah, I, I did. I I remember taking a class that's like that. They they just kind of built off things, and then I, I like how they do because I have a I have a problem with that. The um, I have a problem with nogi. Um, and it's because, and that's how I started because undisputed Josh, he only taught no gi. There was no gi. Um, I didn't know for like two months that you actually did jujitsu in a gi. I, I had no idea for like the first two months I trained until they, um, him and a friend of his, that was, I want to say, uh, Josh was a brown belt and this other guy was a purple belt and they did like almost like a a mock competition style training. And so we just kind of like sat around and we're all in our no gi stuff. And I was blown away that you even did it in a gi. Like I had absolutely no clue. And um, so they did like this competition style where they did three rounds and it was just like the most intense thing I'd ever seen. Like goosebumps all over. They just went so hard and it looks so cool. But even with starting no gi, I started when, as soon as I finally decided to put on a gi, which that took me forever too. I never thought I'd put on a gi. I love no gi. Um, it took me forever. I just thought it. I was like, fuck that. It's too many clothes. I don't want to wear it. I feel like I'm choking myself out with my own lapel. Uh-huh. I just hated everything about it. I bought the cheapest gi I could possibly find because I knew it was going to go in the trash. Like, I just didn't want to do it. But then <laughs> but then I put it on. And, and the first time, I hated it. The second time, I was like, well it's not that bad. And then the third time I loved it and I, I just started doing a lot more gi. So going back to no gi was so hard for me because after getting used to the grips, mm-hmm. but now I feel like if I do both consecutively um, and we have that style of teaching where we're, we're learning the stuff both in gi and no gi and doing them on a regular basis, then I, I have a really easy time going back and forth. But if I stop doing no gi for like a month and only do gi, like I fuck myself over in the end because I just, I can't, it's really hard for me to get back to it and get used to not having the grips. I feel like I'm climbing a rock wall and there's no little handles, you know, I just, I, I, it's stressful. But if I even throw in one no gi class a week, I'm good to go. Yeah, I love bowls. So when you compete, do you, you do uh, just gi or do you uh, do both? Both. Yes. Okay. Um, when you started, or right before you got your blue belt, um, obviously you're a white belt. Yeah. Um, you were competing then. Um, how much competing had you done 
um, you know, prior to getting your blue belt? Were you not? Well, that was, I only did one competition, one competition ever. Um, and that was at white belt. Um, and that was in November. Yes. And I did competed gi and no gi. Okay. And I won both. I, it was uh, jujitsu world league Phoenix and I took double gold. Um, and then I really didn't feel like I, yeah, thank you. I really didn't feel like I was ready for my blue. I, I loved being a white belt. <laughs> I'm so playful and silly on the mat. And um, I just loved it. I loved just being, just having fun and really not, you know, there's like zero expectations of you. You can go into other gyms. You can, you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, I just, I just loved it. And, but my professor was like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're ready. And I'm like, I'm not ready. Um, and I kind of thought, I thought I was going to do pans, um, 2021 as a white belt still. And he's like, I can't even, I can't, I can't hang on to you anymore as a white belt. And, um, so yeah, so I was a surprise. I did end up getting it early. Um, and I was yeah very, very happy. And then I, as soon as, um, so I had signed up for Jiu-Jitsu World League as a white belt in May that just passed, <laughs> but I had to change to blue, which was fine, but I was going to compete brand new blue at 28 days blue belt. I was so excited, actually. Um, I really, really just wanted to go in and see how I was going to do. And I signed up for Gi and no Gi, but, um, but then they delayed, they postponed it. They pushed it out two months because um, they were hoping to dodge the COVID restrictions. And they did, but I ended up injured. So, yeah, it's, it's such, such. And actually, I was going to compete up until the last week. I was still, I had a double tear to my um, ACL and I was still going to compete. But they ended up having to change the brackets and I just couldn't go way up in weight. Um, they wanted me to go up to 178 and above to stay in masters or to adult and 154 and above. And I'm like 135 to 140 um, with a double tear to my ACL, which I, I, you know, I ended up having surgery. So three days before I finally said, I just, they, they messaged me, you know, asking if I could change my bracket. And I was just like, I, everything's telling me not to do it. It was really, really hard because I just wanted to compete so bad. Like I didn't want to fucking let it go. And, um, you know, I think the week before too, I, two weeks before I had gotten sick. So I, I just hadn't been able to train. Um, and I, I finally just said, you know what, just take me out. I, it's, this is just not the one, everything, everything, every, everything is telling me to pull out and I just have to listen for once, which I don't do very often. Sometimes I just don't listen to the universe and bad things happen, but I did. And, um, but I got to watch my team compete and that was a lot of fun, but it was hard. Yeah. I, I remember when you told me that you, uh, you had had surgery or you were going to have surgery. I was like, wow, really? Like you, you know, in my mind, I was just like, wow, you just, you know, started, you know, you just started competing, uh, you just got your blue belt, you know, you know, everything's kind of, you know, you got that momentum behind you and you're like, nope, I'm having surgery and, you know, I'm going to be out of commission. It's like, well, damn, dude, that, 
That sucks. Yeah. Um, I wanted to really, really wanted to do master worlds at the end of the year. I was, I, I'm, you know, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to have those plans and goals and then, you know, have an unexpected injury um, take you out. But it's part of the, you know, part of the process. I remember when they told me that they were going to postpone um, World League and I was just, I was competing all the time. I was really excited. And for some people, you know, some people said, oh, it's just more time to get ready. And, but in jujitsu, that's not sometimes the way it works. You know, it's like, it could work that way or, but you know, my weight was good. My, like everything was just perfect. And, um, but sometimes just the cards, man, they fall in a different direction than, than um, you want them to. But yeah, well, I look forward to getting back to it. I, after I tore my bicep tendon, and um, that was really hard. I was out for a while. I did my physical therapy and I came back and I came back just so ready. Like I just so excited and um, just more passionate about jujitsu than ever before. So I think that the same thing will happen. And you, I don't know, we kind of, you've been with me through like the emotional roller coaster of it too. It's, I don't know, you know, I've had my highs and my lows with it where I'm, mm-hmm. you know, just in a bad place and I just am upset and <laughs> I don't want to be injured. I don't want to be, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be missing out, you know, on all these, these things, but um, they pass, you know, they pass and then yeah. inspiration comes again and, and hope and stuff. And, and it's just, it's just part of it. You realize it's, it all passes. Uh, for your recovery, did they, do you have an idea of when you think you might be at least able to get back out there slowly kind of moving a little bit? Yeah. I, at four months post-op, I can go back and drill with safe partners, you know, higher belts, probably smaller people. Um, I'll probably work privately with people until I'm ready to do a class, which maybe at, at about five months and see how I do. I am so lucky. Like I just, you know, I, I go to a lot of the different Aries gyms and they've all just become so much like family. And I, I've had people just like reach out and um, offer, like basically give me like free PT like um, sessions and like a gi to come back, you know, to jujitsu in and, like I've just had so much love um, and so I'm going to just really try and take advantage of it. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just so unbelievably grateful. I have so much love in my heart for just my extended team and my, my, you know, just my home team. It's, I don't know. It's really, really special. So I'm going to try. It's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to want to um, like be obedient, but, um, but I'm going to try. I actually originally told my professor, don't let me come back until six months because that was the original date. Um, But he said he could clear me at at four months because my surgery went so well. If I do my physical therapy, my rehab um, four months. And I got to put my foot on the mat the other day just like one foot. And I literally almost had an orgasm. Like I, <laughs> I went to go get a champion's patch, 
they got new patches in and I'm just like the smell and the feel of the gym. And then, you know, I sat on the bench and I I kicked a flip flop off and like put my toes on my foot on the mat. And I was just like, Oh my God, it's so hard. I want to come back right now. Um, like I almost cried on top of it too. It, It was, it's emotional. I can't wait. Jiu Jitsu martial arts period. It's special and it has a, a, you know, just a pull on a lot of us. So that's not shocking. I've not had any major, major injuries. I don't think they're majors. I'm also stubborn and I don't listen. So I might be all fucked up and I just keep going back and getting hurt more. Um, Well, dude, I mean, that's what you do. Like, just do it and just keep getting hurt until it's so bad that, I mean, you have to to you know go to those lengths but it's not a lot of times they do heal like when um i separated my rib the doctor told me two weeks and the way that i felt i was like dude i don't think this is two weeks and as much as i wanted it to be two weeks i was like this isn't a two-week injury Mm-mm. um it was six weeks and i skipped out on jujitsu and decided all right well let me go do some muay thai uh, <laughs> Which, um, it you know it it was fine, you know it, it wasn't too, um it wasn't too rough on my rib, but I probably should have just sat out completely, mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe I would have been ready in four weeks instead of six weeks, yeah. But injuries, you know, they're tough. Like th- this is a sport where, you know, it's if you go through this without getting injured it's almost kind of like are you even really trying and i know there's some people that will preach and say you know we can do this without tearing our bodies up and i'm sure we can um but i don't know it's i don't know i think now i i think that there's always going to be the chance that I mean you can get hurt but I do see a huge influx of injuries when you when you train it like a competitive level it's obviously like so much different it's so much harder on your body you're not allowing for as much recovery you're you're doing stuff like cutting weight and not like you're depriving your body of like the resources it needs to build itself back up and heal, you know, and, and everyone's here, hear people say, Oh, I always get hurt. Like the week before training, before a competition. And, um, it's because you're, we're going so hard, you know what I mean? Like, and I like to go hard. I like, um, I'm, I love training with men. Love it. Um, there, I do absolutely. There's a few women that I really, really love to train with. Um, and, or, you know, they're friends and, and they're fun to train with, but that's different. But competition style training, I prefer to train with men, um, unless I have another woman that is also training competitively. It's just so different. And it's interesting you talk about the ribs, but that's the only injury that I've actually caused to somebody is um, just from the, the pressure. I tore the cartilage between her ribs and um. I felt so horrible and I wasn't even going very hard, but it's, it scares me with smaller people. So if I ever have somebody that doesn't feel comfortable rolling with me, I'm okay with it. I get it. I have a hard time rolling with people smaller than me. I'm clumsy 
as fuck. <laughs> like I am definitely not the graceful swan that I that you know some other women ended up being. I am like blunt force elbows in the face. I will probably post on your dick and knee you in the balls and, you know, give you a black eye in the length of time. And it's not intentional. It's just, again, I'm, I'm just so clumsy. Well, and, I mean, that's the game though, too. Yeah, it is. You know, so, and that's the other thing is when people do it to me or they're rough or the pressure, they, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. I actually like it. I like it a lot because I feel like it gets me conditioned for that. Um, I don't like the idea of like hovering and, and stuff like that and, and being careful. And, and I do, I'm, I laugh a lot. I giggle and I play a lot on the mat. I talk a lot of shit, like a lot of shit. And Same I do make here. it fun. I do make it fun. But I mean, when you get to that place where you're training competitively, the injuries are going to come more so than if you're training for fun. Um, because if you look at the tradition, like a typical women's class, um, that's just women, you rarely see very many injuries in them. Um, if you look at a class, you know, because they're, they're more inclined to take care of each other, be careful, you know, stuff like that. And then if you go to these competition team training classes, ask them how many of them have had an injury or surgery. And, you know, but again, when you get to that level, you don't care that you signed up for that, you know? So I really do think that there is a way to do jujitsu safely for the most part. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause me, I, I now say I'm a hobbyist, uh, you know, I'll compete again, I'm sure. But for me, it's just, I love jujitsu. And there was a brief window during all this COVID chaos where I started to question if I want to continue with jujitsu moving forward. I want to know how many people felt like this because I did that too. And I've done this with this injury um, where you have that moment where you're like, do I want to do it anymore? Is it worth it? Um, like all those, those guessings. I don't know. There was a lot in my mind during that time where I was like, I think I'm done with jujitsu, but it, I don't know that it was jujitsu that I was done with as much as it was just the situation and the terms at the time, but obviously yeah. I, I stuck around. So here I am. Yeah. So when you started competing, what was that like, you know, your first competition getting out there on the mat? Man, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I had the hardest time. Um, gosh, I even, I had the hardest time even just cutting weight for that. And um, so I was, I was just really, really stressed out. I, and um, there was a lot of fear actually the night before um, I was heavy and I'm never heavy. I, like I, 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 you know, signed up for a, weight that I walk around at. So I didn't have to cut weight, but the stress of it was just making me, I don't know, it just made it harder to lose the weight. So the night before I actually didn't even set my alarm for the next day. Cause I'm like, I'm heavy. I'm not going to make it. I can't shed this weight. And, um, 
but I woke up on my own at four o'clock in the morning and I'm like, fuck this. I'm getting in the bathtub. I did all the stuff and you know, I managed to, to cut enough weight. So really all I was thinking about up until that time was how am I going to get this weight off? How am I even going to get to the compete <laughs> to competing? You know, I wasn't even thinking about the actual competition itself, which was almost, I don't know, a, a kind of a different beast. But um, just, I remember I was in the bullpen. We were in the bullpen for two hours because they just had, a, I know, it was a disaster. It was the first World League after, yeah, um, competition. So it was interesting, though, because we were in there for so long that I started talking to the people that I was going to compete with. And my professor's like, don't talk to them. <laughs> you don't want to like them, but you cannot talk to them. Don't get to know your opponents. And I'm like, but why? You know, we're so bored. And we're just like having the best time talking to each other. It was sitting on the concrete. There was no like mat or anything. It was like straight concrete. You start warming up, you think you're on in 15 minutes and, you know, it turn, 15 minutes turns into an hour and you're like, what is going on? And then they're telling them we're, we're two, running two hours behind, but we're stuck in the bullpen. What else do you really do? You know what I mean? So finally, as we get to the bullpen, we've been sitting for so long and, um, you know, we get out the, the gosh, yeah, I get out on the mat and I was shaking just so bad. Um, Oh, I couldn't, I can't even, I can't even explain it. And, um, I just, oh my gosh. And, and, um, my first match, I finally get out there and I was shaking so bad even before they said to go, I, I didn't know anything. I wish they would have given me like, um, what to do in a competition as far as you obviously know to bow when you go out there, but shaking the ref's hand and, and, you know, your opponent and, and I don't know, just more information because I felt like, oh, my God, what am I going to what am I doing? I'm going to do something wrong. I'm going to, you know, like break the rules or the etiquette, you know, and and um, so when they but when they finally said go, we started and then I felt something hit my leg and I was like, what the hell? And it, like somebody had thrown a beanbag at me. And um, it hit me in the leg and not even like 15 seconds in, we were both, it was his nogi and we were tied up, you know what I mean? And um, I, and then, so they told us to stop and I was like, oh my God, what did I got to, I got disqualified in like 15 seconds flat. How did that happen? Oh my God. And I'm just like, why, why? And um, well, what happened was the computer froze. So everything shut oh. down. And uh, they had to reboot it. And so we're standing there and we're just looking at each other. And they finally tell us what's going on. Uh, nothing's wrong. So we have to stand there. Like the adrenaline is just coursing through my veins. And I had to just stand there and, and do nothing and just wait to go again. It was it was the worst. And then at the end of the day, you know, what happened is um, when they rebooted the computer, we were on the wrong side. So it actually, even though I won my matches, they had me as losing um, and taking silver because when it came back up, I was on the wrong side of the mat. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> on the screen basically. So um, 
Oh man, it was just, it was kind of a nightmare, but we, yeah. And then, um, again, we start again and, um, it wasn't my original or, you know, it was an old professor actually that coached me. And he, the first thing he said was, um, well, what do you want to do? Like what takedowns are you good at? I was like, my single leg is okay. Um, but my Nogi takedowns just aren't that great. <laughs> and, um, my, my arm drag and my single leg are pretty decent. And he's like, okay, just whatever you do, if you do the single leg, don't leave your head out. And I was like, okay, done, heard. <laughs> and um, what do I fucking do? The first thing I do is I go for the single leg and I put my head on the outside and she, you know, almost, we fall to the ground. She almost guillotines me. And I'm like, oh my God. So this is like number two, big mistake. You know, I'm thinking, what is going on here? And, um, but then I was like, fuck this. I'm not going out like this. Like, and, um, yeah, I ended up coming back and winning that match and then winning them at the next, but, um, man, it is, it is something else. It is something that you just cannot describe to some, to somebody, you know, it's, it's like, you're literally being scared for your life, you know, but not that you're in the threat of death, but that feeling of just like panic. Yeah. I don't know. Um, how is it for you? Very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar. I, I stepped on that mat. I, we got delayed. I think the competition that I did um, down the street from my house not very well organized. So people are signing up still day of. So the brackets were getting adjusted and match times were getting pushed back. So we were supposed to go on at one. We ended up going on at three. But, you know, no warning or anything. You know, we're sitting there kind of still waiting. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to head over to the bathroom. I got I to gotta pee. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the bathroom. I'm like... 10 feet from the bathroom door and I hear my name on the loudspeaker. I was like, Oh shit. I was like, well, all right, let me run all the way back around. You know, I, I get there. I was like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. All right, cool. You're getting on the mat right now. I was like, fuck. All right, cool. Shaking like a leaf. I just couldn't mm -hmm. contain it. I got out there and I mean, I know what the fuck to do. Like I, I still look back at that video and I'm like, ugh, I would beat the shit out of me back then too. Like fuck that guy, but um, the, like, uh, I went for a takedown. Uh, you know, I I had no knowledge of anything because you know I'd never done any takedowns at that point. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I tried to you know shoot a double leg, which was still extremely new to me. He sprawled, but not very heavy, so. We pop back up. Then he ended up getting um, the takedown on me. So he gets his two points. And in in the midst of all this scrambling, he gets my back, but he doesn't get hooks. So he does get his points for those. He goes for a born arrow. And he just something. I, I'm kind of tough to choke because I have a weird squatty neck. <laughs> so people trying to choke me like. My teammates now always curse me. I was like, dude, I hate your neck. I'm like, well, fuck you too. But my coach, he screams out, Dante, don't you fucking tap. And I, you know, I give him a thumbs up and the guy let go. 
of the uh, bow and arrow. And basically I just rolled into side control on him and got three points and won three to two. It's a very shitty match. <laughs> very uneventful. Yeah, you know what? And you said um like with the the video, like the one cool thing about World League, I will say, because I've said kind of like not some good things about them and <laughs> but or not so much about them in itself, but the way the you know the competition was run. But they, they actually take videos of you, which is really cool. So oh, you can cool. go on afterwards and watch your matches. But that's really cool. Yeah, they have them um, like I don't know. It's a lot better than than Dante's shaky arm recording. Like, yes, I know. And then I just stopped paying attention to the recording, and I'm watching the match, and then now my arm is like just aim at the mat itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Like, like competing is a weird thing for me. I'm not crazy about it, but I don't hate it. It's just one of those things where it's like it does something different for me. It does something weird to me. And I feel really, really like aggressive and just not me when I'm in that mindset. It's like, fuck everybody. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, I guess what you're saying. Like, well, and that's the interesting thing is I'm one of the nicest people ever. I'm like just so nice. I'm genuinely so kind to everyone I meet. And, um, but they're the thing actually that, is interesting that I have just fell in love with. And I like, Oh, I just want more. Um, is that, like I said, I'm really playful and kind of, you know, just playful on the mat and, um, like I'll roll hard, but I'm, I don't know. There's just a lightheartedness sometimes about it mm-hmm. that makes me feel like I'm not that great at jujitsu. Um, because I, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but when I step on the mat as, I don't know, horrifying as it feels at first, it is electrifying and my jujitsu is so good and I am so much tougher. Like something happens to me, um, in competition. And the other thing that I found, which is super interesting. And I think why I like it is when I go to other gyms. I kind of feel the same thing. I'm way more focused. There's something about a little bit more adrenaline, like feeling a little bit uncomfortable, like being on high alert, being, I get the lecture from my professor every single time I go somewhere else to another Aries gym to be on my best behavior. He's like, (laughs) be on your best behavior, like behave yourself, watch your language, make sure you're wearing a rash guard. (laughs) And there's just the old, because I'm, I, you know, I have the tendency just to like maybe misbehave a little bit and, you know, just like be a little bit too lighthearted and playful. But if I go to another gym, I'm just laser focused. And, um, I, my, you know, jujitsu just gets so much better because of that focus. And because I'm not too comfortable and too like, too, I'm like a jokester, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I'm like the one that like gets in trouble for talking in class and <laughs> we're sure just, in common. Yeah, we're drilling or something and you know, and then I'm like, hey, do you wanna do you wanna see this other variation of what of this that I learned? And <laughs> it's like 
completely not. You know, it's just, I, I don't know what comes over me because I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I get excited about it. I'm never doing it to like disrespect. I'll be like, hey, you know, like you want to learn this little trick, but I need to just like do it like my professor says, you know what I mean? Again, it's never, ever out of disrespect. It's literally because I have ADD, like a motherfucker. And I'm just like off, you know, in my own little world, like a butterfly. And, yeah. um, but I don't do that There's when I go in that way. Yeah. So I started going to competition team trainings, um, in Phoenix and like at other areas, gyms. And like, I just love it so much. Um, and then also I feel like when you get too comfortable with your partners and they know what you're going to do, they know what you're learning. Um, you know what they're going to do and, and what they're, you know, we're all learning the same thing. So we're all learning the defense to that exact same thing, obviously, you know? And um, so what I found and I discovered this in competition too, that they don't know what I'm going to do. So I started feeling defeated, you know, because I am, I was one of, I was the only woman training during during like even the beginning of when people were coming back from COVID probably till recently, maybe a couple months ago, I was like the only woman. And so everyone was bigger and stronger than me and learning the same stuff. And I felt defeated. I felt like I wasn't getting any better. I felt like my jujitsu sucked and like, I just, I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I started going and looking, I started going to other open mats and other competition team trainings. I started looking for other women, especially my size, like occasionally. And I don't, I just needed it to gauge like where I was at, but I, I went other places and I started kicking ass and I was learning and, you know, I just, it inspired me all over again. And, um, you know, some people, they, they feel um, like, I'm, a, I don't know, maybe like somebody is a trader if they go to other gyms, you know, like you should only train in your own gym. You shouldn't go anywhere else. You know, you're being unloyal, but I am a social creature and I am a free spirit and I love, I'm like very adventurous. So I got the combination of that and, um, you know, just being able to train with different types of people. And I started growing because I started like actually believing in myself, like believing that, oh my gosh, my jujitsu is pretty good. Like I just have to, you know, just get out there and explore. And I don't know, it's, it's been, it's been really, really interesting, but that for me is why I want more of the competition is because I really don't know how good my jujitsu is until I step out of like the box of my home sometimes. And then I always come back home though, being like, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be back. And I, you know, it's, I always come back home, but I do like to explore. And I, uh, you know, having the ability to do that within the Aries gyms is, is really cool. We're always safe. Um, I usually train for free um, anywhere else I go. Um, especially if you're traveling, they're really, really hospitable, like really hospitable. Yeah. Um, do you have an affiliation or is yours? I don't uh, know. Crazy 88 is, uh, we, we have uh, three locations out here in Maryland. Uh, we're part of um, the team Lloyd Irving uh, um, uh, school out here in Camp Springs, Maryland. So um, I guess, yeah, that's our affiliation is uh, team Lloyd Irving, but I've bounced between, our crazy 88 location in Severna Park and Elkridge, because again, I'm in between both those places. Both locations are 15 minutes from me, um, either direction. 
So, and there's an Owens Mills location, which is probably about an hour from me. So I've never really gone out that far and, and tra- trained with that group. But since the new ownership has, you know, kind of gone into effect, going over to the Elkridge location is very new to me. So when I train with those uh, teammates, it's all very, very, they're all different. So mm-hmm. it is like, you know, a lot of those uh, individuals that I train with over there, or at least during the morning class, if there's a blue belt there, they're getting ready for a competition. So yeah. um, it, it's fun getting to work with, you know, di- just different uh, training partners that even though you're all learning the same thing um, to some degree, it's still good to know that, okay, I can try to work this now on this individual because when you work with the same, you know, yeah, four or five people, right? you know, they know your patterns. I, the early on in jujitsu, I realized I didn't know jujitsu. I just knew patterns because when I was only going to that Saturday morning class, I knew everyone's pattern. So, I felt like, oh, man, I'm beating the shit out of all these dudes. But it wasn't that I knew jiu-jitsu. It's just that I knew their tendencies. And one of the guys, when I started going to the Wednesday morning class, because at at um, my gym prior, we also had a Wednesday morning class I was going to. And same deal. I learned all their patterns. So I was stuffing everybody. One guy left for a little while, trained somewhere else, came back and beat the shit out of me. And I was like, wait, like, how is this possible? Like, I've been, you know, training and getting better. And then I realized, no, I don't know jujitsu. I just know tendencies. And I beat hmm. you to where you need to be. But well, once that's you- like jujitsu, though, isn't it? Like, in a sense. So it is. But so but- much, like the anticipation of what somebody is going to do. Like, that's good know everything that you're going to do. It's like playing a video game on easy where I played this level so many times. I know Um, your moves before you know them versus if I'm going against someone from another gym and yes, we are, you know, same skill level. I might know what you're going to do, but you might do it slightly different. So now I have to adjust versus everyone in my gym. It's like, okay, I know everything you're going to do. I know your strengths, your weaknesses, I, I just I have a beat on you now. I know that, you know, this guy is good with certain chokes. I know to avoid those. I know that I'm stronger than him. So I'm going to have to make my strength a bigger problem for him to make him, you know, to take away his focus on the chokes. Um, but this one teammate, he came back and he was just like he was not known for, you know, using like uh, lapel chokes. And sure enough. I, I wasn't expecting it from him. So, you know, I went in there and got choked like almost nonstop by this guy. And that, again, that's when I realized it's not that I knew jujitsu because if I knew jujitsu, I would have been able to handle him throwing those chokes at me. Instead, I was expecting him to move a certain way and he stopped moving that way. And I was like, okay. And my brain didn't process the fact that he's doing something that one of the other guys does. Because, you know, it, it you know, it's kind of all similar. But to me, it was just like, no, you don't do that. You do this. And that's the only way I could beat you is if you do this. So after I made that discovery, I started taking it to a different level with my training and really 
studying and paying attention like to getting things. more becoming more technical yeah yep. the actual so um and, and now that kind of carries over now to training uh between the two gyms where i get to again see different looks from people and you know i might have to deal with someone that's you know 15 pounds heavier than me or i might have to deal with someone that's smaller but faster you know yeah. it's okay not a problem i you know I know my game and I'm going to work with within my game, but I make the adjustments to handle your game as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's jujitsu though. That's how we, we, you know, we learn it prior to training. Had you ever been in any physical altercation, like, like a bar fight or anything? I guess that's kind of a, <laughs> bar fight is, you know, kind of an extreme, but just a, a cat yeah. fight of any sort period. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's interesting because growing up, I got into several fights and they're always because of my brother. My brother was such a troublemaker and still I like, I just don't fight for myself, but it was always just like trying to protect him and he was always in trouble. But, uh, and you know, women, well, girls and even still women, you know, I had problems with being bullied at at school, like they were so cruel. And um, I think that's the other reason why I gravitated towards boys. I mean, I like boys sports better, but the the girls were just mean. And um, I, I don't know. So I remember at one point I got jumped by like a bunch of people that uh, my brother had gotten in a fight with this girl's brother. And then, um, she got in a fight with him. I don't know. It was just a bunch of drama. And, and then, um, so I got jumped in like, I want to say it was like eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. And, um, by like a bunch of people. And I somehow walked out of that, like unscathed and, um, yeah, these other two chicks came to school the next day and they were fucked up and I don't remember anything. I don't even know. I think that's the interesting thing about, I don't know. Adrenaline is just something like something happens where it's just all blur. But, um, and then just later in life, you know, I don't know. It's again, most of them were like drunken fights. You know what I mean? Cause I used to drink a lot and I was, I was not a, a good drunk at all. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How about you? Lots. You seem like really? You do not seem like at all like the type would ever get in a fight. There's a saying. My buddy said it once, and I, I heard it somewhere else. And it, you know, it's something to the effect of, um, "You will never understand the uh, the violence that it took for you to become this gentle." Um, uh-huh. and growing up. Like growing up, I you know saw a lot of unfortunate stuff as a kid. Uh, when I went into foster care, uh, the family was wonderful, um, just great family. I still I'm still in contact with them to this day, and you know everything was fine there. Then when my grandparents adopted me, I left Flint, Michigan, and moved to Newark, Delaware, and. I never realized as a kid that I grew up in a hostile environment. It, it just seemed like normal everyday life to me. So when I got to Delaware, it was like letting the cage animal out. 
Mm. And, and just everything set me off. I was getting into fights every day. Um, just whether it be with, you know, my neighbor, uh, one of the kids I went to school with, whether it be with someone in school, uh, someone on the bus. The bus, man. Yeah. I am so glad my kids don't ride a bus. Yeah, the bus is uh, the bus is a bizarre <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hey, I don't know. Like I, I never, I never liked the bus. I remember always wanted to have my grandparents drop me off at school or mm-hmm. I, I, my school was pretty far away. I was willing to walk to school. I didn't care. I just yeah. hated the bus uh, hated or, or I ride someone else's bus. You know, I just didn't like my bus. Uh, they just, I don't know. And that's the, the thing is on my bus though. It's like, it's not like anyone could beat me on that bus. Like I was definitely the alpha, but. I didn't like feeling that way. You know, I didn't like being, you know, there was like part of me that, you know, I kind of embraced being that guy, but there was another part of me, you know, like during those times, like I was a kid that even though I'm getting into fights and I'm aggressive, I'm going home and I'm listening to Amy Grant and Sade and, and Vanessa Williams CDs in my bedroom while playing video games, you know, like, it's really like just bizarre because you know, if you ask me, you know, I'm walking around, I, you know, I got a meme mug on, but you ask me what I'm playing in my, in my walk, man, you know, I'm listening to Paul Abdul, you know, it's like, that's fucking weird. Like, okay. But, but I think that just makes you like multidimensional. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm definitely I multi something. <laughs> um, well, and that's the thing, even before, you know, when I go to training on my way in, when I'm driving in, I'm listening to some kind of calming music. Um, Cause I feel like whenever I listen to anything like heavy, I go in not aggressive, but unable to focus versus yeah. if I go in listening to something soft, I, I feel like I'm in a better mood. I just feel calm when you're training. Or when you're, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think that there has to be like a balance. I, I agree with that. I um, have only been to one gym where they played like a heavy metal thing during an open mat. And I was like, fuck this place. I don't ever want to come back. Like, I just don't like that kind of music. I don't like angry music. It stresses me out. I'm already like a high strung person. And I, I do like more of like a Zen type of, I mean, it's comforting for me, but um, if it's too chill, I don't think that I could um, come up to a level where I needed to be to compete. Like, I think on both extremes, it would be a detriment to me. Mm-hmm. But um, something in the middle. What's your favorite kind of music? Like, it's, what do you listen to the most? It's very tough because, like, and it's the cliche, you know, I like everything. But, no, it is true. Yeah, me too. It, like, everything from opera to gangster rap. Mm-hmm. There'd be like lately, I've been listening to a lot of seventies R and B, just a lot of Marvin Gaye. Do you ever listen to EDM? Uh, um, not I'm so really. Into EDM right now, and I, I don't know, like the electronic it, music. And I used to be kind of like into the rave scene in Vegas, but like hmm. so it's kind of coming back around. But it, it's just there's not too many words, which sounds like really silly, but it's just like all like beat and rhythm and and tempo and like energy i don't know i just love it so much and it's really good for me i'm like on the way to training or on the way back home like i love it it's so good 
And I, um, can, if, I can see that. Yeah. And, um, but I did have one professor a while ago. He um, played this like, um, almost like a meditative music, like Tibetan gong music type thing. And um, it literally made you feel like you were one with your partner. Like it was, it was really interesting. I don't know. It slowed me down and um, it, it definitely music totally controls the tempo of an open mat. I went to one yeah. also where um, at Aries East Mesa and they have an island vibe. A lot of Pacific Islanders is there and they had like reggae on. I was yeah. like, whoa. So that, that open mat was like just chill and funny. Like they were so, there were a lot of fun. Um, and then we play like kind of a mix, I guess, of like top forties. We play some, he plays some electronica and, and um, occasionally the only thing I don't like that, you know, like, I don't know. Sometimes he'll get in a weird mood and play some like eighties um, rock. And I'm like, what, what I can't, I can't do, I can't roll to eighties rock. Like you need to change the station. <laughs> My coach will play, um, depending on his mood, he'd either come in and put on DMX or Michael Jackson. Yes. I'm so <laughs> down with either of those. And it, it was, it was funny because um, I think he put on a Michael Jackson station and one of my teammates and I, we were, we're going to war, this dude and I, we like, like it was a, just a battle. And then Whitney Houston comes on. I can't remember the song, but it was a, it was a very, very melodic love song. And oh, no. I looked yeah. at him because he was in my half guard. <laughs> I looked, I was like, I was like, I'm not doing this with you right now. dude. Um. It's, this is what yeah. happens with the 80s rock sometimes yes yeah, and i'm yeah. like no you gotta stop it we cannot even do it. like i cannot even take this seriously right now on um sundays since it's just me and my uh one friend you know <laughs> i'll just come in in a mood whatever it may be that morning i might say i want to listen to bjork I'm like i want to put on bjork you don't like Bjork? Uh, that sucks for you, buddy. Like, I'm doing this for free, so you're going to listen to my music today. Uh, or I put on Porter's Head. Or I'll come in and say, I want to listen to Gwen Stefani. Then uh, one week I says to him, I go, what do you want to listen to, dude? I'm going to let you pick the music today. He goes, I'm okay with anything. I was like, no, 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 no. You tell me what you want to listen to. He was like, I don't know. I listen to a lot of trap music. I was like, all right, so you really don't care, do you? All right, well... <laughs> Like I go to my phone. I was like, I don't know what the fuck to put on. Like, you, give me an artist. And he, he was like, I don't know. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Gwen Stefani, it is. We're, we're like, it's gonna be two dudes in here. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna be rolling to Gwen Stefani, Sweet Escape, over and over on repeat. It was very awkward, but yeah. he should have made a choice. Well, like, funny. I don't know. I, you know what I want to do? Actually, like I have all these fun ideas. Um, that I need to propose to my professor, but I want to do one where it is like a party, like dance, like dance music with a DJ and then like with the black light and we all wear white geese <laughs> and have like the paint, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. neon, like splatter paint. I want yeah. to do that so bad. I'll bet like he might, he might let me do something like that. But, um, I also want to do like a plain clothes, um, type yeah. of uh, you know what I mean? Um, we're we're all like in our in the in the clothes, uh -huh. um, you know, like clothes you walk around in or whatever. And yeah. 
Um, I want to do one like that. I want to have like theme open mats. I think I feel like, like that is important. Theme, you know what I mean? Not not, not like yeah. all the time, but maybe like two times a year or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that that would be so badass, and um, it would just be just something different. And I'm all about that. Like, and and that's the cool thing. Like our team is so tight. It's it, we have like the best team. There, it's just so great. We've we've become like family. And I. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of like the person that I maybe because I'm a mom. I don't know, too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, I just like want everyone to be like this big family. I love doing something like I'm a planner. I like to plan stuff, plan events, plan our trips, you know, like plan um, going to Phoenix and stuff like that. I make people who like go. Sometimes I go alone, but, you know, I'll try and take people like let's go, you know, bond on an adventure on a road trip or or whatnot. Like, I just love it so much. And with all of these trips and all these competitions we do and all of these, um, like I went to Nashville with some, you know, some people from Phoenix and it's just like so fun to bond like that and do really, I don't know, interesting things together, like memories, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, it makes, it's just it's so special. So I think team building is important. And, and that's, I think when teams do that, though, go out and bond and and you know have events together, it makes the team stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that you know as a person on the outside looking in, um, I've never been part of you know gatherings like that. Even with my current team, start um, it. <laughs> so so this like so crazy eighty eight. They are that way, but before we weren't. Be, like we were loosely affiliated with them, but oh, we weren't yeah, part yeah. of them. So you know they do tons of event, tons of events and and get-togethers. And I'm like, dude, that's really cool. And I'm I'm very shy. I'm, I'm extremely um, uh, reserved. And uh, you know I might say some uh, wild yeah. things, but believe it or not, I am very, yeah, you very are shy. You are until right until we get to know you until I get to know you. Yeah, it's like so. Whenever I do go over and trade in our Elkridge uh, location, even though now it's starting to feel like home, I'm still very like I go directly to the jujitsu mat. I don't even go near the Muay Thai mats. I don't go near the ring. I don't go. I don't even look in that direction. I just go straight to where I need to go. Then I feel at home. So I still don't really know the team like that over there. But, you know, knowing that they do things like this, like we have a couple fighters um, in the UFC and the CFFC that, you know, when they, uh, you know, have matches, you know, they all get together at the gym. They put the fights on the uh, big screen and they watch as a team. Unfortunately, I just, again, my wife works nights, so I just can't get out to those events. So it's like, dude, that sucks. But I would really love to, you know, be a part of that with them because, you know, like I said, I wanted to be there to cheer the team on, but also just that family atmosphere is very important. Yeah, it really is. I don't know. Like, I wonder how many people would people would participate. Maybe I'll do that for like a North Side um, thing. Like, how many people would participate in something? I know that people would love it. I'm really good at getting like again, like getting things together and inspiring people to want to come, or just downright telling them they're fucking coming whether they want to or not. But, um, well, that's an important thing though too because it's like if you have the energy 
where you're like, cause, cause that's what it kind of takes is like, if, like, if I were to walk in the room and say, Hey, you guys want to, uh, you know, go on a road trip. Did like, that's so low energy. Nobody's going yeah. to come in. Like you come in and you're like, you know, Hey, you know, I got this idea. Yes. Like you guys want to like, da, 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 you, you know, you got the energy going with it and you know, you're convinced so they're going to be convinced and they're going to want to be into it because you're energetic. Whereas mm-hmm. if you come in and again, you're just like, Hey, so um, I'm thinking maybe we should do this. And they're like, I want to fucking do that. You. You're weird. Look, like listen to yourself. You, you have a monotone. Yeah. Go away, buddy. But you know, when you come in with that energy, which like you have that energy where I could see that, like you were like, <laughs> Hey, I have this idea. Let's do uh, uh, yeah. Let's do an open mat where you know we have the black lights going and we got the neon. We're gonna do cosmic jujitsu. It's like holy Hell shit, that's yes. a fucking great idea. Let's go do it. Uh, I know. I think I'm just gonna tell. See, that's the other thing is I just do. I'm just like I just I just tell people like this is what's gonna happen. And, but usually, I mean, like I don't really have any bad ideas. Well, maybe, but <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know. You know what I'm saying, though. Like for something like that, it's usually a lot of fun. I know. But you know that that again, the atmosphere is important. That that morale is very important. Mm-hmm. In you know when when you have a team that you know no one communicates and everybody kind of goes goes off and does their own thing, you, you're disjointed and it doesn't feel like a team and. Yeah, you know it's it's not fun. So, yeah, and, and that's of- why I stayed at my gym is because I was like, okay, I can see where this is going. Well, I'm all about like, yeah, the bonding thing. But honestly, if jujitsu weren't fun again, like I never would have. If Josh didn't make jujitsu so fun, I wouldn't have kept going. Um, you know what I mean? It, I would like I wouldn't. I, I would have just stopped. Like even when it like striking and stuff like that, it has to be fun for me. If it's not fun, I'm like I'm out. Um, it has to be fun. And so for me, I feel like that's 90% of what people want is to have fun. There's another 10% that's like, I, I'm, I want to come, I want to be laser focused. I'm here to learn jujitsu. Like that is it. I don't want to, you know, and that's okay. You know, like more of like a militant style and, but yeah, I, I don't even say 10%, you know what I mean? I'd say like maybe 2% of our gym is like that. You know what I mean? If, if even that. I mean, because like eventually you warm up and and you yeah. you know have fun and you want to come back, but I feel like that's what ninety nine percent of the people want. I know my percentages are just like all over the fucking place right now, but <laughs> I'm sticking with ninety nine percent now because I like that number better. But Optimism. want to like really just have fun. You know what I mean? And maybe we come in for different reasons. Like we want to learn to defend ourselves or we want to lose weight or we want to, I don't know, have a sexier bod, whatever it is. Um, my body's yeah. gotten less sexy with jujitsu. If you see my hands. And, <gasps> yes. And now my hands are like, yeah, they were never pretty I, in the beginning though. So it's, that's fine. Well, I'm definitely not going to be a hand model anytime yeah, soon. No, for sure. But um, um yeah. like when we started getting back to training after COVID, I did come back to my gym almost like a new student, like very shy, because there are a lot of new faces. Like mm-hmm. we had a lot of new, like a lot of new signups, like during the time where we had limited classes, and I was like, well, I can only go once a week, and then once I started going more, 
I start seeing a whole lot of new faces. So I come in very shy. You know, I bow, walk onto the mat, and I just kind of sit off to the side. Then we get lined up. I'm one of the higher belts in the class. So I'm at the front. But, you know, I'm still, you know, carrying myself like, look, I'm just a dude. You know, I'm not here. I'm just here to fucking learn some jujitsu. Don't fuck with me. Don't bother me. And then as time kind of started going on, I started feeling comfortable again. Now I come in there and I'm not obnoxious, but, you know, I'm jokey. I'm laughing. I'm, you know, pranking with everybody again. And it feels like it's my gym again. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm home again. So, yeah, that feeling of being home, you nailed it. Yeah, it's it's important. I think just jujitsu is home. Home is yeah. jujitsu. However, I don't know what sense that makes, but that's what it yeah. is to me. When I get there, I feel yeah, like I'm yeah. at home and I'm comfortable. So, and that's how your um, gym should feel. We were talking about that too. Like, if you go, like, if you're not happy, I don't know, like, explore yeah. and yeah, yeah. find that place where that chemistry is. Because if you don't walk in there and it feels like home, like, you know, not again, like not that it's necessarily a bad place. It just might, might not be the place for you. Like there Correct. is place for everyone. And, and like life is too short to be somewhere where you're not like really, really, really happy. Um, Absolutely. Like I found ugh, like, I'm so glad. I don't know. It, it took me some exploring and it took like gym shutting down and, you know, like one door closes to, so another one opens and, you know, mm-hmm. COVID and everything like that. And, um, to lead me into my gym. And I'm just like, so happy. I'm so in love with my team. I love my professor and our coaches. Like it, I just, you know, and then my, even like my professor, his name is Sean Huff and his is um, his professor is Paul Nava and another professor is, his name is Cachino. But like between the three of them, I just like, you know, and the, my training partners that I have at their gyms too, I am so madly in fucking love with my team, with my affiliation, with jujitsu, with, with everything. And it's just like, I, I have never, you know, I, I guess I never thought it could be this good. Um, I can tell. It took some experimenting. Yeah, I know. I just, I love them so much. Um, so I would just, tell I think that's my biggest piece of advice is there's so many gyms out there now like don't go to the first one that you find don't go to the one that's closest to your house don't go you know I mean if you have a friend there obviously you're going to gravitate more towards a place like that um but yeah just get out there and explore and and find that perfect place that was actually going to be my next question to you uh any advice for a first-time grappler Oh man. Yes. Number one, obviously like have fun. Number two, learn how to tap. I feel like I could do a whole course in tapping 101. I feel like I'm, I'm going to design this too. Um, on top of my cosmic, (laughs) I'm going to design like a course on, on, um, you know, like a video that you can watch, you know, pop me in and and learn this because I think the first thing you need to learn is how to tap and to not be embarrassed of tapping. Um, if, if you have to tap on somebody's ass, if you have to tap on their face, if you have to, you know, like no matter where you have to tap, you just tap, you know what I mean? Um, don't be afraid to like tap loud. Like, you know, don't be afraid to scream tap. You know, um, a lot of times when 
like if I'm being the dummy or whatever, and, and my professor taps me, we, we will yell like tap, you know, don't be embarrassed to be loud about it because like, you know, you will get hurt. Yeah. Um, and then like, don't worry about what you look like. Like we all look so stupid. I mean, and now I still look stupid sometimes doing things. I go to other gyms. We don't do warmups at our gym. So it, it's been a long time since I had done warmups and I'll go to another gym and completely forget like, Oh my God, I can't even remember. Like, am I going to just completely like fall on my face trying to do a front roll? But um, just, and that's okay. You just go for it. You know what I mean? Just go for it. Because I think, at the end of the day, when you can just not worry about what you look like doing it um, and just be okay to look like an ass, I don't know, you grow, you grow so much and you, you have so much fun and um, you know what not, but going in 100%, like just with an open mind and an open heart is so important and learn to tap. I, I can't stress that enough. Like seriously. Yeah. that That's, one of those things that I always forget when we have new students and I always forget like, Oh yeah. Hey, if something doesn't feel right, if it hurts tap, if you're yeah. being choked and you feel like the room is starting to go dark, please tap. You can tap with your foot. You can tap yeah. with like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. I, I, and I, if you're a student that ever works with, you know, or a coach that ever works with new people, I, I feel like, that's the number one thing. If you get somebody on their first day to really, really, you know, stress that because. I always stress um, teaching them how to fall because many of people have fallen and broken their arms because they don't know how to break fall. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm always very adamant about learning how to fall. Um, but <laughs> adults, especially when they come in, I'm always like, look, man, you know, first thing I want to show you how to do is break fall and get comfortable with falling because yeah. you're going to do a lot of it. That takes a long time, though. I feel like to get your body used to that impact. Um, and yeah, I, but I love it. My professor also is a judo black belt. So we do a lot of judo. I beg for judo. I beg to be like thrown. I'm like, I'll be the volunteer. Like you can flip me, throw me, slam me. Like I just, I love it. It's so fun. But it took me a long time. Like I remember just hurting so bad. Like your neck. Oh my God. Like whiplash. You know what I mean? But it takes a long time. I feel like that's, that takes so long to learn. You know, like It does. It does. Do, and well, again, it's just like doing it over and over and over and over and your body gets used to it. And But it is had, true. If you, you have to have somebody teach you how to do it the right way. I've had some people come in because um, under the old regime, students on their first day, they were working with me. And I would have some students, their first day, that's all we did was break fall. Like, because I wanted them to understand that, you know, if something happened, you know, forward roll, um, you know, making sure you're not rolling over on your head uh, yeah. and break fall properly, tucking oh, your chain. Man smacking the mat um and, you know it wasn't just all that but that was you know the bulk of it like i would say three quarters and then anything that coach told me to go over with them like hey go over you know you know the rear neck could choke with them like okay i'll go over that with them but i want to also go over 
falling. You guys need to know how to fall because like if you stick around and you're out here, somebody shoots a, a takedown on your double leg or a single leg, even, you know, don't just throw your arms back to catch yourself. Cause I've seen a couple bad snaps and it's like, come on, like, don't you know? And even I did it the other day. <laughs> like I told a new kid, like he kept doing, I was like, no, no, no don't do that. And then when he went to, uh, uh, run the pipe doing his, uh, single leg, I put my arm back like a dummy. I didn't get hurt, but I was like, uh, I'm doing what I told you not to do. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not a good example. Yeah. It's like my professor telling me, remember, don't put your head outside. I'm like, duh, <laughs> of course I'm not going to do that. Like who fucking does that shit? It's the like, first thing I do. It's like, that, like, why the fuck would I ever do that? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> like, I'm fucking so stupid, man. I would never, you know, <laughs> It's like, hey, what do you say not do? Head on the inside? Okay, I'll put it on the outside. Oh, shit. Why is the room getting dark? Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, that that is, um, again, learning how to tap is excellent advice. I, you know, out of everyone that I've asked that, that's actually something no one's actually has ever said. Is, really? Which I'm shocked. Like, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. I'm because- telling you. That's going to be, you know how everyone, um, like all these really amazing people put out like instructionals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put an instructional out on how to tap. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it, a bestseller. <laughs> people are going to buy it for their gyms. You just watch. And they're going to pop these new people in front of this, my video. <laughs> and I'm going to educate them on how to tap before they go into class because it's like important. I feel like I could do this. I feel like I could make this interesting and fun. I mean, again, it's definitely important people, you know, and because we've done it for so long, we think of it as like, I mean, that's dumb. Who would do it? But no, you have to think back to day one though, because I don't remember tapping. Yeah. But I see this all the time too. And you know, where they just, or they tap so gentle, like Mm -hmm, a baby mm -hmm. tap, like, you know, and I'm like, no, you need to be like, pow, pow. like they should almost sound like a break fall. You know what I mean? Like, pow, yeah, pow. Yeah. like so, I tapped the mat a lot. And when I tapped the mat, I, you know that I'm tapping because I'm smacking the shit out of the mat. Yeah. So, like if um, you're going to submit, I mean, you might as well go fucking 100% and like really call that submission out and just be like, yeah, I want you to know. And, and it's funny because <laughs> there have been times where my hand is up and I'm not ta- like, I'll, I'll hit their arm to kind of like defend whatever they're doing and they'll let go. They're like, was that a tap? I was like, you know how I tap. And that's mm-hmm. never been the way that I've ever tapped. Don't yeah. like, don't play this game. Um, or, I, you know, I'll tap with my foot or, you know, sometimes I don't think I verbally tap a lot, but I have done it from time to time. So oh, I do. I, and you know what? That's from like my favorite training partner. He's this little Brown belt. We call smoker, Brian. And uh, he's like, my professor calls him Gollum because <laughs> he crawls like that. He does like the Gollum walk. And um, he's he's so funny, though. But he does that and he'll yell tap. His voice is just so loud and grovelly. And um, but it's just like he doesn't. I don't know. It's I love it. I love that. I love hearing that for some reason. So that's how I do it. You'll hear him from across the mat. Tap. But um. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's that's I think another thing that needs to be explained to the verbal tap is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I think that's all I've got today for cool. us. We've been, been going for quite a bit of time here. Yeah, so uh, thank well. you again Good for doing you, this. Though. I love talking to you. We have some fun conversations. Yeah. Like the, we got to a point I felt like where I was like, we're just talking. I was like, oh shit, we're actually doing a podcast. This isn't just regular conversation. Okay. Yeah. I know. Which that's what we're podcasts editing. are though. They, they, they are conversations. So, um, it, it, like I feel like at some point I lost the structure. It was just like, you know, I just like talking. I just like yeah. talking with you. Um, so thank you. That's, that's, yeah. this has all thank been so much you. fun. It's been so much fun. I know. I wish I could hug you right now. Like the biggest hug. Because <laughs> virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. <laughs> kisses. Um, you so got funny. anything that you want to shout out or um, any mentions or anything on your side? Yeah. Oh, I just have to give like the biggest shout out and so much love to Aries just as a whole. I've had so much fun just growing this last year with them. And um, the opportunities have just been ah, just so much fun to travel and get out. And of course, to my professor, Sean Huff, I love him so much. And just being so tolerant of me, I don't know, it's, um, I'm, I'm a handful for sure. But also, I just love, just, ah, I love him so much. Um, I feel so lucky to have found him in Northside and my team. I just, yeah, I'm just so happy. And to you, I'm so glad we met. This is like, you know, like, one of the so I hated social media for a while, but I have to give it Me credit. Too. Yeah, I have to give it give it credit because I have some of the most amazing relationships that I never would have had um, because of social media, because of Instagram, and because of COVID. Because I only got on Instagram during COVID because I had so much time, and I gave it a chance. And, um, yeah, so I love you. To Christina, thank you. And I will admit that early on, when I first started chatting with you, I was very nervous. Like I felt like, <laughs> like I felt like, um, because you've always been very nice. You've always been very just, uh, you know, upfront about everything. But I've also, yeah. like in the beginning, felt like I'm going to say something that's going to really piss her off, and she's just going to like done. Don't want to talk to this guy anymore. You're an asshole. So I was always very calculated in how I messaged you and spoke with you. And then once we started opening up, I was like, okay, I feel extremely comfortable with her. Yeah, and I think I'm she feels comfortable so with me. So like, it's like, okay, now I don't have to be worried anymore. So thank yeah. you. For You're so welcome. I know people's expectations of me are so interesting. I like hearing what people think in the beginning because I'm always – I don't know. It's it's so fun because I'm I'm not what anybody ever expects. I think I'm so open minded. I'm so just like there is like you said, there's nothing that anyone can tell me where I'm like, I mean, it just is really hard to surprise me or offend me. Like, I'm just not offended pretty much by anything. Like, I, I think that's an important trait too. Yeah. yeah we also share in common. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. That's why we have the best conversations for sure. <laughs> but thank you again so much for doing this. Got to do it again. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so I'm in. Cause I felt like, okay, we, we really talked about, you know, 
jujitsu and you know just kind of the beginnings for both of us and and just growing with it now it's like okay now let's just get on here and just regular conversation like just yeah. really like have a regular conversation and converse as if we're old friends keeping jujitsu peppered in there because i i don't know who tunes in and why they tune in so i don't like there's some episodes yeah. that are jujitsu based and they do very well and there's some that are comic book based that do very well and then i'm just like look man i don't what know who's you- listening what is Colompton? What is um? What is that base? So Colompton is more of. We still don't really know, to be honest. Every episode, I open it with just a bizarre question to kind of make my co-hosts uncomfortable. Oh, fun! Um, you know, like you know, I started off episode one. I asked him, "What's his guilty pleasure?" And I knew right away mm-hmm. the way that he responded, he didn't want to answer that. Yeah. And I was like, you're giving me an answer today, bitch. I have like, um, I would just be like, I don't know. Do you want a list? Like, I, can I make you a list? Well, <laughs> he goes, what's yours? And I told him mine. He was like, that's dumb. I was like, no, I mean, it's not though. That's, that's what I like. Um, but you know, it's like, we like to have fun. It's just like he and I are two friends. We we've been friends for 30 years and we wanted to just, you know, he, he was on off the mats episode seven with me and we decided let's get together and just do a show see where it goes. And right now we're seven episodes in episode eight's coming out tomorrow. But, um, but no, it's really just kind of the, the base for that is really just a lot of MMA, a lot of boxing. Um, we talk sports and really just general life. Like uh, this, this last episode, we talked a lot about because Father's Day had just passed. So we talked about fatherhood. He's not a father, but, you know, more so from my perspective and just, um, you know, his dad growing up. So that that podcast is kind of all over the place, almost kind of yeah. like this. This is all over the place, but the base is jujitsu. It's jujitsu. So. I love that. I love so, it. I'm so excited. I, I try to keep it jujitsu at least, but like we'll, we'll see where it goes next episode. I, I'm not even sure who the next guest is, but even even with mentioning of Colompton, thank you for that because that's my shout out here. Um, I know, I love it. Um, you know, I got you. Big shout out to uh, the Colompton Social Club. It's a new podcast I'm working on with my buddy Steve. Go check it out on Instagram. The episodes come out every Tuesday on Spotify. I like to put that in the stories and link that as well to my Instagram. You know, be on the lookout for that. If y'all got any questions, concerns, uh, feel free to reach out to me, bjj.wiki on Instagram or off the mats podcast on Instagram. Also big shout out to Zach over at student BJJ. As mentioned before, he has been working on an app called champions keep score and he is fully funded now. So that should be, we should be, you know, start seeing some uh, big traction on that with the uh, beta coming out soon. So I'm excited. Also, another shout out to Nerd Rage Radio. I love those guys over there. That's where I got my start. Bobby, Joe, Pinkerton, all you guys. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. And thank you, everyone. I love you all. You all keep listening, and I'm going to keep making these episodes. Thank you all. Good night. Bye. They probably said, now let me see his song.